The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome in to Stacking the Box podcast with Matt Verderam and Sterling Holmes. I am Sterling Holmes. Verderam, how are you? I'm fine. How are you doing on this lovely Tuesday? Uh, cold. I hate the cold. It's cold. It, it sucks. Is cold. It's also raining here in Chicago. So it's, uh, it's one of those. I can't really complain, though, because the previous three days have been like 80 degrees. So I, it's, it's, it, was, uh, it was wonderful for a time. Now it's. Now it's garbage. Yeah, uh, I look outside and all I see are leaves falling, and I go, "That's yard work. This is ass." Let me tell you something. I was going to save this for the end, but the best the best tool there is for for leaves, lawnmower. He who has lawnmower has best rake. Okay, uh, the, yeah, Verdurant twenty twenty. Uh, that is look. That is the way I rake. I look around. I see these people. Well, like eight trees in their yard, and they're just out there raking and raking. And I'm like, bro, get a lawnmower, slap a bag on that bad boy, and just mow them right up. Might take it, might take you an extra time, might you know, might take an extra hour. So it, who cares? It's better than raking. Like and it dad, saves your back, dude. It saves oh, your back. Oh, it's, oh, it's brutal. I, my my dad, like as a kid. He would he would rake the entire lawn. Our lawn was huge. Like as a kid, my God, they owned two acres. Like the lawn was enormous. Trees everywhere. They had to just raking for like a weekend. Like screw that. Like give me the lawnmower, mow them right up. I'm not going to miss any leaves. It's going to look good. Oh, it's it, it's it's beautiful. Like th- that's the way to go about this. These people who are out there raking for like seven hours. And then, and then the wind blows, and the damn things are all over the place again. Don't have to worry about that one lawnmower. That bad boy's in the bag. You're safe from the wind. <laughs> well, speaking of mediocre, right? Look, picking up leaves, it's mediocre. The NFL this year is mediocre. There's, what, three great teams, and then everyone else, they're just there. 
Have you ever seen a season where everyone just seems so average or just at least in one box? No. No, I don't think I have. By the way, uh, Dre in the chat. Hey, man, I'm, I'm glad uh... – I'm glad you seem to be doing well recovering from surgery, and I'm glad we can we can entertain you. So uh, thanks. It's a uh, it's a high compliment. I hope I hope all's going well. Um, listen, I cannot remember a season because I don't think I've ever lived through one where three teams are really good, and the other twenty nine range from respectable to horrific. Um, and then there's the Broncos, but I, I, I mean, I think it might change a little as the year goes on. Cincinnati seems to be finding itself a little bit here. Uh, I think the Niners are going to be fine. You know, Dallas, maybe now, maybe Dallas steps up. I mean, defensively they're, they're excellent. And now with Dak Prescott back, maybe that offense takes off a little bit. So I think by the playoffs, we might be to a you know a range of like six to seven teams. You're like, okay, those are real teams. You know, they could they could win a couple playoff games, maybe even make a run at the Super Bowl. But right now, it does feel like the only three teams you have unassailable confidence in are Buffalo, Kansas City, and Philly. And even Philadelphia, they, like they've they've never won a playoff game with this team. So you don't know exactly what you're getting. But to be fair, Philly is six and zero and they've looked very good. Um, yeah, it, it's a year of a lot of, of quite honestly, Tom Brady said this week's going, he's right. Just bad football. Just really just not a lot of teams that are executing at a high level. I mean, the Packers, the Rams, the Buccaneers, three teams that we all thought were at least going to be decent. I think the Colts, I think the Colts were going to be a decent team this yeah. year. Yeah. Um, but then you look at teams like the bears who just destroyed the Patriots last night. You've seen the Giants and the Jets actually look solid, especially at times. I know Zach Wilson didn't have a great game last game, but also Zach Wilson looks like at times he's really taken the next step. Brian Dable's been the guy for the Giants. I think he's the guy you point to and say this is what really has turned the Giants around. But a healthy Saquon Barkley, uh, Danny Dimes actually looks useful running with his legs. But then you look at other teams that we thought were good or at least going to be average, and they look horrendous. The Broncos, all the offseason hype. All of this hype, the Chargers, all this hang the banner. They're gonna they're going to the Super Bowl, the seventh offseason in a row. They're bad. I, I just let's let's go to the Seattle Seahawks. We thought Seattle had one of the worst rosters in the NFL. Did we? No did doubt. we not? No doubt. They're they're in the playoffs. Like they're, they're in the playoff hunt right now. They're winning the division. <laughs> they are in a division. Where three teams made the playoffs last year, and they were not one of them, and the other, and two of the teams went to the NFC title game, and the Seahawks are winning the division and might legitimately make the playoffs. I, I think what you brought up those is a smart point because the Buccaneers, everybody just assumes with Brady, like oh they're going to be good, well, they're not good. Everybody assumes with the Packers, well Rodgers will get it go. No, they won't. They're not good. Uh, the Rams. Super Bowl, Super Bowl champs. Hey, could they repeat? Uh, no, they can't. You have all these teams that everybody just assumed would be good because of track record. And to be fair, also, the rosters. Like, it's like these teams are not talented. And here you are. You're looking at these teams. They're just they're not. I mean, they're not even close to being worthy of, of uh, 
contender conversation right now. I, like I said, I do think you will see some teams enter that chat, so to speak. The Niners, the Bengals, the Cowboys. I think all those teams get there um, at some point in the season. And all those teams are potentially fatally flawed as well. The Bengals offensive line. The Cowboys coaching. You know, the Niners quarterbacking. Like, all those teams have things you look at and just go, if it goes wrong, I know why. Uh, But at the same point, those teams have strengths. I think it's more that what the NFL is missing this year is a strong second tier of teams that you go, okay, maybe these teams aren't elite contenders, but they're quality teams. You know, like like last year, even though they were the one seed, like Tennessee, where, you know, they won 12 games. You know, hey, you know what? I don't think they're winning the Super Bowl, but that team's a good team. They're not going to be easy to beat. That team doesn't exist, I feel like, this year. It's just a whole a whole lot of, like, yeah, they're going to win nine games and they're going to be cannon fodder in a playoff game. Now, what it does set up for is potential hilarity in the playoffs. Like, you might get Cousins against Danny Dimes in just an all-time playoff game. Like, anything's on the table. You know, you you could get potentially, let's say, let's say you get Geno Smith and... Jimmy Garoppolo just going for it. And, like, Gino's this great story. And everybody in San Francisco secretly is, like, loathing Jimmy because they're like, if we lose this game to Seattle, it's because of him, right? Like, maybe maybe the Cardinals sneak in and you get, like, Kingsbury McCarthy in just <laughs> an all-out assault on the sport and on coaching. Like, anything's, up, anything's in play here, right? I – I want so badly for there be there to be a world where McDaniel's and and Staley were to go against each other. We can't have that because the Chiefs are going to win the division, so that's not going to happen. But that's why I enjoyed Monday night the other week so much because we got to watch Hackett and Staley in what was just an all time whatever the hell a chess match. The opposite of that is like that's what that was. <laughs> That is what we're getting set up for. So while while some of this regular season has been tough to watch, know that the payoff is Kingsbury McCarthy in the wild card round. It's just a can you top this of, of disastrous decisions. It's a chess match where the two dudes don't know how to play chess. They're sitting here who have no idea. What's the horse do? What, where, where does the horse go? They have no idea what's going on, but they're trying to make something happen. So let's get into this. So the, the the true Super Bowl contenders, I think you and I have at least three teams. Are you ready to put the Bengals? Are you ready to put the Cowboys in that next tier? I think I am with the Bengals because I believe in the quarterback and the weapons, and I, and I like the coach. Um. I just, man, with Dallas, I love Dallas's defense. And I, and I like Dak. I'm a top, I believe Dak's a top 10 quarterback. I just, I cannot get past McCarthy in big games. I, I know he's won a Super Bowl. Like, I get it. I, I get it. I understand all that. You know, though, I, I guess because of the year we're living in, yeah, I, I think I would, I guess. Because just because of the year, I think those six teams, including the Niners, are the six teams for me. And I know the Niners are three and four, but I just think they're, they're going to figure it out and get there. 
I don't I don't see anybody else. Maybe there are some fans in Baltimore jumping up and down. You know, may, maybe there are fans with the Rams, you know, all 12 mm-hmm. of them who say, hey, look, um, defending champs. I get that. The Rams can't block anybody. And they just don't have the horses. They've lost too many guys. Baltimore, I don't believe in the defense, and they can't throw the ball. Like, do you know since week two, Lamar has not thrown for 220 yards in any game? Sorry, man. You're not beating Buffalo and Kansas City like that. He's just not. Cincinnati's the one team in the AFC. They will not be intimidated by the quarterback matchup. Burrow is good enough to go head-to-head with Mahomes around and win the game. I don't think anybody else in the AFC is. Herbert, I think, could be, but he's coached by by just an absolute hodgepodge of nonsense. So I, I think you take him out of the mix. Uh, but Burrow, I think, I think I'd, I'd put in that that class. Yeah, they act like Justin Herbert's David Blau. I mean, it was Geno Smith in that game. Geno Smith had two point over two yards more per attempt than Justin know. Herbert. Let, let, let's think again. They trust Geno Smith to throw for nearly eight yards in attempt, and Justin Herbert was, I think, five point seven. Just check down Charlie to Austin Eckler. Um, I also want to point. I think I'm starting to get closer. With the Vikings, I'm getting closer. I don't think I don't think the NFC is very deep. I I, I think their division's poor. And in such a crazy year, if they ended up in the NFC Championship game, I would not be shocked at all. They could, they could. I I mean, the the question with the Vikings is coach quarterback, right? I mean, what are you getting out of O'Connell? What are you getting out of Cousins? Again, Sterling, I live for the idea that we have Vikings Giants in the first round. And it, and it is just it, both fan bases are living in sheer terror every time their quarterback drops back. Right? It's just, anything's possible. Anything's possible. New head coach, though. The new head coaches. The new the rookie head coach is getting it done. I gotta tell you, I would pick the Giants that game for one reason. Wink Martindale would blitz himself off the sideline at Cousins. I mean, it, the entire game plan would be. Make him make one huge, devastating mistake. And I, I'm i here for all of it. I think the Vikings are more talented, though. I think the Vikings are definitely more talented. Uh, but I I just – I love those I, – I know it's like it's a it's a weird thing to say. I love those playoff games where you just get like, two teams. You're like, what? How are they in the playoffs? And then, like – and then they play each other. It's kind of – remember years ago, Bills, Jags, with, with Tyrod and Bortles <laughs> – and you just—it was—it was like watching a twenty-eight car accident on the freeway. You just couldn't stop watching it. The worst playoff game you've ever seen in your life. Like neither team could move the ball for a yard, and then somehow Jacksonville almost went to the Super Bowl. Like that. Those are the games. Like I live for the great playoff matchups, and I live for the matchups that you're just—you know—in ten years is going to be a trivia question. Like I, I'm here for it, and I think I think we're going to get some great stuff. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 
Let's go forward here with the big trade of Christian McCaffrey to the San Francisco 49ers. Is this a good move for San Fran? I, I don't think it is. And I, I might be in the minority a little bit. Look, I think it's a good move in the sense he's a great fit for them and he's a great player when he's healthy. The problem is you have to add that qualifier of if he's healthy or when he's healthy. And you give up a second, a third, a fourth, a fifth. Like that is lot that's a lot for like a guy at a premium position you gave that up for an off-injured 26-year-old running back who's got a who's got an expensive contract now granted to be fair if if he is on the field I don't think 12 million a year is crazy for McCaffrey but it's still a lot of money for a running back it's still a lot of money to commit to the position also, our guy Jeremy says, remember Connor Cook leading the Raiders into Houston? Yes, that was an all against Osweiler. That was an all-time matchup. Good good pull there by Jeremy. Yes. I remember watching that game and just hysterically laughing for three hours. And then knowing that like if the if the Texans won, they had to go to Foxborough. Oh my god. It was oh, it was great. It was great. And shockingly, yeah, the, the Texans got killed the following week. Um, but no, I think I think McCaffrey's a great fit. My concern is I think it's an overpayment. They still don't have the quarterback. My bigger point of hilarity, because I get the Niners, is that the Rams were all in on this? Like, my God. Maybe keep a draft pick or two. Look at the team right now. Also, is he going to go out there and play left tackle for the Rams? Like, It's unbelievable. Like the, I love that the Rams apparently were also trying to include Cam Akers, like just anything <laughs> possible to get this done. And still couldn't do it. Gotta love Les Snead. But no, I, I think it's a great trade for the Panthers. Yes. I think I, it's an understandable trade for the Niners, but I think it's way too much to give up. Of any team to trade for McCaffrey, the Niners were one of the last teams I would have assumed. They have proven you don't need to spend draft capital, have a high investment at running back to have success. Right. They've gotten it done with Raheem Mostert. They've gotten it done with Jeff Wilson Jr. They've got it done with Elijah Mitchell. Uh, they even drafted Trey Sermon early on and said, you know what? No, this I can't remember if Elijah Mitchell was undrafted or a seventh rounder and said, no, we're having better success with him. Let's throw him back there. I don't get it. They give away all this draft picks. You better hope that Trey Lance is the guy. Because if not, good luck trying to dr- trade up and draft a quarterback. And I believe in Trey Lance. I do think he's going to be the guy. But my point is, you, you better, better be. hope he's the guy. Yeah. And the Niners have a great team, but they've proven time and time again, it's the scheme. It's how they run the ball. It's what they do. It's the designs. The running back in their system does not matter that much. I mean, I know it's a tiny, 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 tiny sample size. Did you see any noticeable difference between Jeff Wilson Jr. running the ball or Christian McCaffrey? It's one game. It was like eight carries. I didn't know it was anything. Yeah, it's the blocking. It's the scheme that matters. And by the way, it was the scheme that mattered with Kyle Shanahan's father in Denver when it was Terrell Davis was the best of the bunch by a mile. Those are Clinton Portis. But then you also had Mike Anderson and Olandis Gary and like Tatum Bell rushing for 1,300 yards. Okay, so um, I'm with you. By the way, everybody in the chat, Joshua, Mike, thanks a lot for being here, guys. Jeremy, of course. uh, Patrick Grant, love you guys. Hey, man, love you too. Thanks for being here. Um, really appreciate it. Appreciate everybody's support. Dre, of course. Um, listen, but I mean, we can, we can move on, but I, I think anytime you're giving up that kind of draft capital for a running back, 
you're nuts, especially when you're giving it up and you can move the ball. But, you know, you're right. Like, Wilson and McCaffrey, they both ran effectively. Wilson was terrific. You know what I noticed the Niners offense? When Jimmy Garoppolo was throwing the football. That's when I noticed the offense. Because that was when all kinds of things started happening. Safeties and strip sacks and interceptions at the goal line. That's where there's a problem. And McCaffrey's not solving that. So unless they're using McCaffrey at wide receiver as well, I don't see how this really makes the team that much better. Let's look into the future. Number one, are the Bucks or Packers in more trouble? I think it has to be the Packers just by circumstances, right? I mean, the Buccaneers might win seven games, win the division. So, I, I mean, I, I think you have to say it's Green Bay because Tampa can figure this out over the course of time. If Tampa gets right in December and goes nine and eight, they're fine. Right. I mean, ultimately, then you, all right. Yeah. You're going to have to go on a little bit of a harder road in the playoffs, but in the NFC, my God, how hard is the road? Like what, what is the big thing you're fearing? If you're Tampa, you got to go to Philly. All right. I mean, not say it's easy, but it's not, it's not going to a place. You're like, Oh my God, they can't possibly win that game. Green Bay. First of all, they're both three and four. Green Bay has a game at Buffalo with the Bills off a bye in prime time this week. Not great. Uh, also, I believe in Brady to figure it out more than I believe in Rodgers. Rodgers is a great, great player. He's also the kind of guy that mentally I like. I do get worried. Like, are you just going to check out on this team at some point? Like, are we going to get to week nine and just go, I'm done? I'm, I, I just, I, I'm fed up because Romeo Dobbs drops the ball occasionally. Um, I don't know. Brady, I mean, all the off-the-field stuff is certainly fair and valid to point out, but he's Brady. Like, I just will forever believe that he will figure it out until he doesn't. So, I would say the Packers. Packers are two and a half games behind Minnesota. Like, you're at the point where you might be a wild-card team here if if things don't get better. Hell, you might not make the playoffs. So, I think it's got to be Green Bay. Yeah, I'm with you. They just don't have enough talent at wide receiver. We're seeing Rodgers be frustrated the entire game. That last play of the game, in my opinion, was a microcosm of how the season's gone for them. There's passing up back and forth. They're trying to get something going, and then it ends on Rodgers for some odd reason trying to throw the ball across the field to an offensive lineman, spikes the ball to him, and then just lays on the ground for like 30 seconds post-game. Just, just, it's like, do you think that was going to work? Are you pissed because you thought that was going to – that was the play? I, I'm just – Rodgers seems checked out already. His haircut's horrendous. Come on. That, I know it has no effect in the game, but if you're getting a haircut like that, something's going on in your life. That, that – something's wrong. It's fair. We're living in end times. Okay, Rodgers has lost three consecutive games to Daniel Jones, Zach Wilson, and Taylor Heineke. Brady's coming off back-to-back defeats of – Kenny Pickett slash Mitchell Trubisky and PJ Walker. Like, can you imagine if Mahomes lost to any of those guys consecutively? You'd, you'd check him for a stroke. <laughs> you, you'd be like, what the hell happened? I mean, you, like, you would literally be like, oh my God. Like, you, like if you lost to one of those guys, you'd, you'd be deeply concerned. Let alone two and that three of them for Rodgers. Yikes. Uh, but yeah, I, I, it's got to be. I will also say Green Bay at least has a decent offensive line and a decent defense. If they figure it out offensively, if they decide to use Aaron Jones, like they use him through the air and you're finally like, see, he's a good receiving back, but they decide to keep giving A.J. Dillon. Yeah, 
it's very frustrating. The Buccaneers, the, the opposite issue. Good defense, really solid defense. Really good weapons when they're healthy. Yep. Their offensive line's atrocious. It, it, it all comes down to which of those two teams can figure out the uh, deficiencies and, and improve in those aspects. Uh, number two, into the future. Better shot at the playoffs. Chargers or Raiders? I put this down there because I think this is really kind of fascinating. Chargers 4-3 and three and the Raiders 2-4. and four. Raiders' schedule is getting easier. Chargers' schedule is getting harder. I actually think the Raiders have a better chance to make the playoffs than the Chargers, though. I really do. I know that sounds insane since they're a game and a half worse. The Chargers' schedule after their bye week, which is currently this week, Chiefs and Chargers, the only two teams on the bye. Chargers come out. Here are the next five games. At Atlanta, suddenly not an easy game. All the way across country, early window. At San Francisco, they might give up 700 yards rushing. Home to Kansas City, that's going to feel like a road game. At Arizona, at the Raiders. I could make a really, really compelling case they're winning one or two of those games. And the Raiders, meanwhile, might be favored in their next five. Obviously, one of those including the Chargers. Like, I, I don't think either one of them's great, but I actually think the Raiders might have a better shot at making the playoffs than the Chargers. The Chargers are a disaster, and now they're really hurt. Um, I'll take Vegas. I'm going to go with the Chargers strictly because Justin Herbert. Eventually, eventually, they're going to have to realize who they have at quarterback is not Matt Schaub. Like, Will they realize that? Will they? He needs to just take over. At some point, Herbert needs to say, you know what? No, I'm way better. I'm not checking down to Austin Eckler 13 times a game. It's not a typo. 13 times. It's, it's just it's asinine. But again, I think there's more talent on the Chargers. I'm with you with the schedule, but they will get healthier as the season progresses. Eventually, they're going to get some guys back. I just don't believe in the Raiders. Their offensive line, I think, has actually been better than expected, right? The Raiders' offensive line, we thought was going to be okay. – It's been okay. I mean, let's be real here. We thought it was going to be a, a real deficit for them, and they've been able to pound the ball, at least on the ground, with Josh Jacobs. He looks outstanding. I just think there's more talent on the Chargers, and we might be focused so much on the injuries in the, in the short term instead of realizing the long-term impact of them finally getting healthier. That's fair. That's fair. I'll ride with the Raiders, but I, I also am terrified to ride with the Raiders in anything. So, um, also, because this is breaking and it's hilarious. So, remember uh, after the game on Sunday in Carolina where it looked as though a line judge and a side judge were getting the autographs of Mike Evans? Yeah. NFL has released its findings, and I'm here for it. According to Tom Palacero of NFL Network, the officials were not getting Mike Evans' autographs. However, so full story, Bucks receiver Mike Evans and side judge Jeff Lamberth both went to Texas A&M, and Lamberth was getting Evans' phone number to pass it along to a golf pro to give Evans lessons per sources. Lamberth didn't have paper, so he borrowed it from another official. The NFL said in its statement that both Lamberth and line judge Trip Sutter, quote, have been reminded of the importance of avoiding even the, imperial, even the appearance of impropriety when interacting with players, coaches, and club staff on game day, end quote. In other words, bad luck, no discipline. 
That is way worse than getting an autograph. <laughs> the, like, yeah, getting golf lessons from a golf pro. I'm sure because I'm sure it's it's free. I'm, I'm sure he's not saying, "Hey, Mike Evans, you, I know a good guy. You got to pay double." Are they talking about golf lessons during the game? Like, you know, I I gotta say though, like Josh was saying in the chat, I actually believe it because it's the most insane thing. Like, there's no way that's made up. <laughs> it's impossible to make that up. So that has to be worse than getting an autograph. Like, right? I think I think the autograph's worse because then then you start wondering like, are we playing favorites here and all that stuff? But like, golf lessons so- aren't playing favorites. I, I, golf lessons are expensive, my guy. <laughs> not from Mike Evans. That that is that is hilarious. Like of all the things in the world, you could you could have given somebody five thousand attempts to figure out what was happening there, wouldn't even have touched it. Not even close. I I, I love it. I, the NFL, man, you got you got to love it. That and I love like the like they couldn't have like hit him up after like, like what the, the NFL officials union they couldn't have gotten like the, the Evans's phone number just on the side. Awesome. I you know I love how Evans too. You just got beat twenty one three by Carolina and you're going up to the lines and say, hey man, listen, listen, having a hell of a time with my nine iron. Uh you know anybody? I mean. <laughs> Like, how does that even come up? What, were they walking off the field together? And they're like, hey, listen, man, you're an Aggie, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know Bobby? Yeah, he's really good with his short game. Yeah, I need uh, I need some help with this. Can you hook me up? You got Bobby's number? Yeah, I got Bobby's number. I, I, there's so much to this story that I need to I need to try to find out. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's finish up with Into the Future before we bring in Heisler. All right, if the Ra- if the Broncos lose Sunday, should they fire Hackett over the bye? Like, so they're in Jack. They're actually, excuse me, they're in London against Jacksonville. It's Jacksonville's home game. If the Broncos lose again, you're going to have people because it's the bye screaming for Hackett to be fired, and he might be. Like he, re- it's been that bad. He might be. I wouldn't. I wouldn't because to me, what does it do for you? Like, you don't have a guy on the staff. Who you're like, he's a great interim guy, and he'll like Steve Wilkes in Carolina, who's a former head coach. You don't have that guy. I don't think it does anything for you other than that it's a horrible look. Like you hired this guy and you're firing him after eight games. I mean, I got to tell you, that's a worse look for the Broncos than it is even for Hackett. You know, so I don't think they'll fire him. They could. I'm not saying there's a 0% chance of it. I'd maybe put it at like 20%, 25%, because it is that bad. But I just think it's a worse look for the Broncos organization than it is even for Hackett, as bad as it does look for him. Yeah, optics alone, there's no way, in my mind, they could fire Hackett. That, that's basically saying, we screwed up so bad in eight yeah, games, right, and, right. and we don't trust what we thought, even to last a full season. I mean, yes, it's been horrendous, but you also have to say Russell Wilson's been been just bad. Right, bro. Russell Wilson's been ass. So it's yeah. been a multi-pronged issue here, putting it all on Hackett. It's a bad look for the Broncos organization as a whole. You as a, as a whole, to use your term, you need to take your medicine and not just pin it all on one guy. When you are this bad, this is an organizational failure. This is a failure by the GM and George Patton. This is – this is a, a 
this is actually Peyton, I should say, not Patton, Peyton. This is an organizational failure. The only reason I could see it is what Lucas just said in the chat is a different ownership group than when they were all hired. But I still think if you're, if, if you're ownership, you got to be thinking about what it looks like. If you're a coach, a prospective coach, you want to go there after they just fired this guy after eight games? It's bad luck. All right, let's go for a good look. Let's bring in Heisler, bet-sided managing editor. Heisler's here. Man's on limited time. He's, he's got multiple podcasts to be on today. We've, we're, we're graced with his presence. Um, so uh, let's get this. Heisler, how the hell did we do in uh, with our bets last week? Uh, we did all right. We went two and two against the spread with our picks last week. Went with the um, – got it right here. The Jaguars, that uh, did not go well. The Giants continue to find impressive ways to win late in games. Had them at two and a half. We were on the right side because that, that uh, number moved to three and a half and four, but that was an L. Falcons plus six and a half. Finally, Atlanta lost against the spread. I think you guys were on the Bengals side, so we could probably give you guys the, the credit for the win there. That was an L. But we did win with the Seahawks. Uh, Verderam, shout out to you for having uh, Seattle as a money line upset pick. And then the Jets and the Broncos, no surprise there. The under 42 and a half when we first talked about it on the show was also a win. So two and two, 12 and six against the spread so far through the first seven weeks here beautiful. on this very program. Beautiful. beautiful. By the way, that, that under there, I should say a total, that total dropped to 36 and a half. And it still wasn't even close. Nope. <laughs> They're going to drop that thing to 28. Uh, it, it's it's incredible. Um, by the way, yeah, I see your bear sweatshirt. You're feeling good after uh, a resounding win in New England. I I feel like there's only a few times over the course of a year where, like, I'll I'll wear like a bear a Bears hoodie or a shirt like on game day once in a while. Uh, it's not often that you can wear another Bears shirt the day after game day. It's more That's often cool. you're walking away like Michael Sarah and Arrested Development with the sad <laughs> music playing on the background, just collapsing on your couch. It, everything about what they were trying to do, and I know nobody cares about the Bears, but everything like that they basically said they were going to try to do throughout this year finally all unfolded in, in one game. And I, I've been saying this about this coaching staff. There's, there's certainly a lot of things they need to work on, but they – are willing to make changes. They are willing to learn from their mistakes. They are willing to recognize that even if they have a system, it's better to dictate your plan to the talent that you have on this team. And they, they flat out did that in Belichick's home building. So yeah, I, I'm absolutely wearing the Fletcher today. The, yesterday was a great day. I, I haven't watched a Bears game like that in years. So, yeah, I, I feel pretty damn good today. Yeah, no, I I think you should. They can coach. They can coach. They desperately need some help on offense. But that team, they have a good draft class because those kids in the secondary can really play. And they they have a good coach. I like Everfuss a lot. They they real, I'll say one thing. They'll have money too, Verderam. Well, they're they're gonna have uh, they're gonna lead the NFL in, in cap space heading oh, into to this year. And that and that was their plan. Like yep. it didn't it make sense for them to spend because they didn't they just didn't know if Fields was gonna be their guy and, and what they had left over. So they told Fields, "This is gonna be the plan. We're not gonna be that good. We're gonna evaluate everything and knowing what it's gonna be moving forward once we get some more draft picks and capital." We can really build this thing out. And yeah. they, they said what they were going to do, and they're actually doing it. So kudos to them. No, absolutely. I'll say one thing for Chicago. 
they're limited in a lot of ways. If they can run the ball on you, they will run you over. That is one thing about them. They can run. All right, let's get into the week eight lines. What do we got for uh, the, the, the people this week? Yeah, I, I think there's three games certainly that I have my eye on, not necessarily games that I have bet right away. Um, but I, I, I do think in particular, let, let's start with the, uh, the Sunday night game. Packers, 10.5-point underdogs on the road against Buffalo. Aaron Rodgers will be a double-digit underdog if this total holds up, or excuse me, if this line holds up for the first time in his career heading into Sunday night. Packers look terrible. And I was on Washington last week because I still wasn't convinced of what that offensive line was going to look like. They're having issues right now trying to decide what they want to do with A.J. Dillon. Um, the, the receiving core still continues to have problems. Alan Lazard is a bit shaken up. Uh, Werner, I, I know that, that you and I both like Rashawn Gary as a possible defensive yeah. player of the year candidate. And he's, he's still playing well, but I mean, you, you can't give up that type of open opportunities in the secondary, especially with a guy like Jair Alexander back there. Green Bay is off. Buffalo, we've talked about this before on the show. When they win, they win big. So either you're expecting Green Bay to make it really damn close, possibly pull off an upset, in which case you might as well just back them on the money line. Um, I don't think I can do that. Or you take the Bills and you lay the 10.5 knowing that Green Bay right now is in no function for anybody to be betting on them right now. Right now I lean on the Packers. Um, just because I think that's a big number in primetime. And these primetime games have a, a weird history of especially going under. Uh, primetime games right now are, are 14 and 8 uh, so far to the under this year. I, it just feels like one of those spots where Aaron Rodgers is actually going to figure some shit out. Um, so I'm probably going to take him with the hook this week, even though I don't feel good about it at all. I am of two minds of this game. I probably wouldn't bet it because I could see it being a game where you know, the Packers know if they don't play well, they are going to get absolutely blown out of the building on national television. On the flip side, is Rodgers the kind of guy who's going to rally this team? Or is everybody kind of looking at him going, you know what, F you, man. Like, all your stuff, like all your little subtle showing everybody up on the on the field, every time somebody drops a pass. And you know, meanwhile, like he's like, he's giving Dobbs all this, this gesticulation after he drops a pass. Bro, you threw it a foot off the ground. Hit him in the hands. Like, if I was running with Dobbs, I would have been like, fuck you, man. The ball, the ball's at my ankle. Like, throw it to me. Meanwhile, by the way, on that throw, Sammy Watkins is wide open on a busted coverage. If the ball's over the top, it's a touchdown. He would have walked in the end zone. I got to tell you, I wouldn't touch this game, but I, I think I think I, if I had to go one way, I would take Buffalo. I think Buffalo might beat them by 30 points in this game. Like, I really think this is the kind of game. If this thing starts to go sideways, Rodgers will lay down like a dog in this game, and they will just get plowed. Like, I could see a world where the Packers are, are really playing hard and they're in this thing. I could also see a world where this is 45 to 10, and it is just yeah. a total annihilation. Yeah, I wouldn't touch this game, but I do want to at least – the reason why – this does feel like the R-E-L-A-X type of game. This feels like a type of game where Rodgers goes, all right, we know what we're up against. And we potentially can make the case that was last week. But now they're finally right. under 500, right? Now we're really starting to feel the, the wrath on Aaron Rodgers. This does feel like one of those games where he goes, all right, I'm a Hall of Famer. 
I'm a back-to-back MVPs. I yep. mean, look, look, he just won two yep. straight MVPs. This feels like a get-right game on national television, showing everyone he I, still has something left. I, I gotta say though, guys, look, and I honestly, I have nothing against the Packers. In fact, one of my best friends is a huge Packers fan, and and I always, I actually loved watching Favre grow up, or when I was growing up as a kid. Now, you know, Favre maybe has gone off the reservation a little bit here, but the point being, okay, well, I'm just saying things have got. It's hard now to root for Brett Favre. As a kid, no, it was a lot easier. Um, yeah, I, I I grew up with the fortune of hating Brett Favre from the very beginning as okay, a Bears well, fan, and, and now I can hate him even more. Was well, it yeah, now, now, now it's now it's a disaster. But my point is, I don't think it's the Packers. There is a part of me though that if they are just getting absolutely washed, and it's forty-two to ten, and Jordan loves in the game, and they get, you know you're getting that obligatory shot of Rodgers on the sideline, just absolutely seething. Just thinking about, you know, he's just getting ready to go on like the Joe Rogan podcast and just torch the entire organization, right? Like, you know that's coming. So I I am fascinated by the game. I really am. It's, it's a weird one to try and figure out. Like I said, I haven't placed the bet on it yet. Um, knowing that that hook is still hanging around and that it's outside of a single possession, it, it feels like it's the right side. But again, Buffalo has the ability to just beat the hell out of you, and they do that almost every week in, in all of their wins. Next one on the board, uh, the New England Patriots and the New York Jets. I, I, I got to tell you, for all you Jets fans who continue to uh, have reservations about supporting this team, I get it. You've had enough PTSD over the course of your life as a Jets fan, and I, I can't help but wonder if, if this is the week where it all starts to come back. Things set up well, right? Patriots are coming off the short week. They got their ass kicked by the Bears. Bertram, I think I saw your your tweet that uh, Bill Belichick should give up a Super Bowl ring because they allowed 30 points to this team. I can't disagree with that. Uh, I'm going to take the Patriots at minus one and a half opportunity for, for – again, you would think that with this line and everything you just saw with recency bias being as clear as it is that the Jets would be the favorites at home with how good their defense looked and the Patriots not knowing what the hell they're going to do at quarterback. I've just seen this movie too many times – over the course of my career, Bill Belichick comes into New York, comes into New Jersey, and, and just wallops the Jets. And frankly, they're winning in spite of Zach Wilson, not because of him. And not having Brees Hall, I get that the trade for James Robinson is helpful. Brees Hall was masterful yes. in his rookie year. That is a big loss against the Patriots defense that, yes, did not look good against Chicago, but they will make adjustments. And I think this Jets offense is not showing you anything right now that makes you feel confident, especially without Hall. I like the Patriots minus one and a half, and I think this is going to be one of those games for Jets fans that they're finally ready to celebrate, take down the Patriots. I, I just don't think it's coming this week. I'm with you. I like the Pats. I like them to win the game outright. Uh, look, I'm a little nervous about the offense with with Bailey Zappi and Mac Jones, uh, but and, and the Jets defense is good, but Vera Tucker also out for the year is a big loss. Yeah. He's a really good player. Brees Hall, you're not kidding. He's been excellent. He's been so fun to watch. They do bring in James Robinson. I have to say, Rockford's own. Rockford's own James Robinson. He went to high school down the street right. from, from where I live. Uh, so, rooting for him and his success. Uh, but and, and, by the way, I think that was a great trade for the Jets, by the way. Like, genuinely. I think that's a really good – like, James Robinson can play. The guy, he's he's solid, man. So, great trade by them. And I get it if you're the Jags. Look, you have ETN. Fine. But um, – yeah, I like the Pats here. It's also one of those spots, too. Like, if you're the Jets, you almost would have preferred that the Pats won in a way. Like, just kind of, ah, yeah, sleepwalking. Now you you know that is going to be hell 
in Foxborough for the next five days. They are just going to yeah. go through hell with him. So I'm with you. And Zach Wilson, look, one thing about Zach Wilson this year, and I saw somebody tweet this out. I, for the life of me, I can't remember who tweeted it out. might have been Ben Fennell. Wilson under pressure this year is five for 31. Bad. They will blitz him to know. And Lucas just said it in the chat. Exactly. Right. Yeah. He's been, he's been terrible under pressure. They will do anything possible to put him under pressure without the fear of Brees Hall creasing him. So I like the Pats still. I'm with you. J E T S Jets, Jets. Jets. Come on. I got to roll the Jets. You you and Fireman Head. Just for it being fun. Okay. That's a good one. But just for it being fun. Like, I don't think the Patriots are a good team. I don't think Mac Jones is good. I said going into the draft, I go, he's a backup quarterback. And everyone's on the Mac Jones train because they won with him throwing three passes last year. Bailey Zappi's a fun story. I think Zappi actually might be better than Mac Jones, but that's a low bar. I'm not saying Zach, I'm not saying Zach Wilson's great, but I think Zach Wilson has more talent, better arm, more arm strength, more mobile. I think the Jets defense is legitimate. I don't see how the, the Patriots score. It, this feels like a 17-13, a 13-10 Jets win. I'm rolling with it. And maybe it's because I just I want it to happen. I'm willing it into existence. And I like James Robinson. Always been a big J-Rob guy. Yeah. You're speaking like a man who's, who's won a fantasy championship or two with, uh, with James Robinson on your team. <laughs> and you know what? I respect that. I, should be should be a fascinating game. I, I'm still intrigued by the fact that this line opened up with the Patriots where it did, even after the game on Monday, reopening at minus one and a half, and it's already moving at some books to two. That's another reason that I'm, I'm leaning towards New England here. Um, it, the, the Sharps are basically telling you, we don't mind. Traditionally, in a lot of these spots, the home dog is the play in a divisional game. They're, they're going the opposite way. What, what a couple other games that I think are, are noteworthy, and we'll get into our best bets in a second. I was having trouble debating between, you know, we like to do our top three games. I'm having trouble deciding whether or not it's the 49ers and Rams. The 49ers is a one and a half point road favorite against LA, or the Giants going to Seattle is a three point underdog against the surprising Seahawks that are now leading um, what was thought to be a very good division this year. Right now, no one's really sure. Uh, Seahawks are on top of the NFC West this year. So between those two games, guys, um, you have a preference as for which one we feel like is the, the more compelling, more intriguing matchup, especially the one to bet on. I like the Niners and the Rams. I, okay. I, I think it's, I think it's a better game. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, I'll leave it. I think it's a better game. Okay. So, so let, let's start with this. I'm on the Niners here. I like them on the money line. I also don't mind the minus one and a half. Uh, the Rams have serious issues. And even with a buy and an opportunity for a smart guy like McVay to make some changes, uh, four and two in his career coming off of a buy against the spread, there's there's still plenty of issues here. Now, for San Francisco, again, humbling experience to get your ass kicked at home by Kansas City. And they got their ass kicked. But now you have a full week to incorporate Christian McCaffrey into one of the best run-blocking schemes in the NFL. You have a situation where Kyle Shanahan has dog-walked Sean McVay in the regular season over the course of his career, 9-3 and three against the spread against him, including six straight wins in the regular season. Obviously, the one loss was in the postseason. And one other stat that I came across this morning was that Sean McVay as a home underdog, he's only been a home underdog five times in his career since he joined the Rams in 2017. 
He's one in four against the spread, but the margin of victory in those games is just under minus 16. In these games where he's been a home dog, the Rams have gotten destroyed. Flat out destroyed. That's a concern, especially for a 49ers team that's getting a lot of pieces back, healthy, adding in more weapons versus the Rams are getting rid of one of their best offensive weapons in Cam Akers. Doesn't make sense for me, even though they've had the time apart. I I think San Francisco in a great opportunity here goes ahead and just buries the Rams this week. I don't don't care about the point and a half at all. I would take the Niners. Everybody who takes the Rams is going to feel really good about that until the first time Stafford drops back and eight guys are about to hit him. And you go, oh, God, oh, God, why? Why did I do that? No, I, I'm I'm with you 100%. The, the, the Niners are just a much better team than the Rams. Yeah, that's me. I'm taking oh, the Rams. And, and I, I'm with you. I, I'm already picturing myself on my couch drinking a pint glass of a martini saying, why the fuck did I pick this? But I'm rolling with the Rams. McVay off a bye. First off, we should have done the Giants Seahawks. Those are two better quarterbacks at this point than Jimmy Garoppolo and Matt Stafford, which is wild to say, wild to say right now. But I think right now they're playing better than these two quarterbacks. But I like Matt Stafford over Jimmy G. Jimmy G always has those backbreakers. In a close game, he'll have another backbreaker here. McVay off a bye. Hopefully some of the injuries, they're getting healthier. I don't think Cam Akers is a difference maker. I don't think Cam Akers is good. I I don't. I, don't, I didn't like him when they drafted him. I don't like it now. He's not a difference maker at all. Maybe with him gone, McVay will actually open up the offense instead of running it in the most obvious situations, every single second and 10, every single first down. All of a sudden, it's third and seven, and Stafford has to throw with a horrible offensive line. I know, but like that's my thought process. Is maybe with him gone, they won't just force feed it a run on first and second to give him a third and seven with the blitzes coming with a horrible offensive line. I'm going go to go with the Rams, but I'm not happy about it. <laughs> okay. All right. So, Verderam, you and I are, are on the same page for the yeah. 49ers and for the Patriots. Um, Sterling, you're taking the, uh, the Jets. You're taking the, uh, the Rams. Um, and I think we're still trying to figure out the situation. I think we're on You can actually side hear the money being lit on fire in the home. <laughs> Seriously, yes. I, I, well, well now. Just a little bit of sizzle just somewhere in the, in the back. Last All week right, I, I said I wasn't going against Ben. And what do I do? The two picks already, I go against oh. Ben. At least I know I'm a buffoon. At least I know it. That's fair. <laughs> it's important to know where you are in life. All right. So best bets for this week. A couple of them we already covered. I, I mentioned that I like the Seahawks. I grab them right when they first came out. Verderam can attest to this. It was mentioned in his Monday column. Yes. You guys should check that out if you haven't had a chance to do that already. That yes. line has moved to three. Got the Seahawks at minus two. So hopefully you read that and jumped on board. 49ers, uh, I bet them on the money line at minus 125. Again, I think you can take them at minus one and a half as well. Mention the Patriots, minus one and a half on the road against the Jets. Love New England in the spot. The one that I think I might get some disagreement from both of you guys on is one of my favorite underdogs this week to win outright, and that's the Houston Texans. Texans, money line plus 115 at home against the Tennessee Titans team that went into Indianapolis and made them decide that Matt Ryan shouldn't play quarterback anymore and go with Sam Ellinger instead of the guy they gave $4 million guaranteed to in Nick Foles. I, I'll tell you this about, about uh, Houston is, yeah, they, they got their ass kicked in the fourth quarter against the, the Raiders, but that was a well-rested Raiders team that recognized that they had to go to Josh Jacobs late, and they did it. And maybe you can say, okay, well, it's Derrick Henry, 
you should be concerned about that. I am, but again, it's it's Tennessee coming off of a physical game against Indianapolis, uh, going on the road. And Davis Mills, we, we have to talk about this for a second, you guys. Like through six games of the 2022 season, this is from at JG My Goat. He's second among all the 2021 rookie quarterbacks in passing yards, in passing touchdowns, in passer rating, and completion percentage. He hasn't been great, but he's making steady improvement throughout the course of the season. They have a good running game in Damian Pierce. Brandon Cook's likely still going to remain on the team. And their defense is getting better, too. They just fell apart late in that game. I I think Tennessee, especially with their inability to score in the fourth quarter, dead last in points per game in the fourth, that's a concern for me. The Raiders put it all together in the fourth. I I think it's not going to happen with Tennessee. And Ryan Tannehill is banged up. So a lot of factors going up against Tennessee this week. I I think Houston takes care of business. I think they win as a short dog at home. And I give you credit for this call. I, I don't know if I can totally get there, but I also don't hate it. Like, I'm looking at Tennessee's offensive stats right now, and I'm physically ill. Tennessee is next to last in yards per play offensively, 4.9. They're tied with Arizona and Washington. The only team that's worse is Pittsburgh. They have a sack rate that is sixth worst in the sixth worst in the NFL, uh, and their their yards per attempt. 13th, which actually is better than I would have thought. But running the ball, you think, like, oh, they, they can run the ball. No, they can't. They are tied with the Chargers at 26th in the league at 3.7 yards per attempt. On yeah. third down, they are bad. They are 22nd in the league. The only thing about them offensively they're really good at, the red zone. Best offensive team in the red zone. 80% of the time they score a touchdown. Uh, so that is something worth noting. But yeah, they're they're bad offensively. Like they are the only team worse than them in yards per drive is Carolina. Mm. Houston's offense is better than Tennessee's offense, which sounds insane, but it's true. You know what? Hell with it. I'll, I'll go with you because I don't I don't believe in Tennessee worth anything. The only thing with Tennessee is I do like Vrabel, but I'm with you on this. Tennessee's not good, so I'll I'll I'll, I'll go this I'll go this route. I'll take a chance. Hey boys. Strap in. Let's ride. I'm going. All three of us. I love this. All right. I, I'm Team Davis Mills. I'm long neck. Team long neck to Brandon Cook. Team long neck. <laughs> how, I, right. hey, how I like my beers. Long neck, baby. Come on. Davis there you Mills, go. Now, Cook, you you mentioned beers. something about drinking a martini out of uh, out of a pint glass, which tells me that uh, I got to start hanging out with you on Sundays because that tells me somebody's got to call, go. call AA. That's that's. That sounds like a good sign. for Arrowhead Addict. Come on now. Swing through. That's other things, too. <laughs> yeah. Go, I you go over somebody's house. Somebody's sitting there with a pint glass drinking a Cosmo. You got you got questions. Just a tad. Just a tad. All right, fellas. I got to run. I got to go do the daily read with our guy, Reed Wallace. Yeah. But good luck with all your picks. Verderam, I will see you on Thursday for the Arrowhead Addict betting show. Until then, do a little stack in the box next week. Let's get some money. All right, let's do it. That is Ben Heisler of BetSided. Make sure to check out all things BetSided, which you can do at fansided.com backslash BetSided. Not only should you check it out because you can make some money, but also, like, just, just great guys over there. Right? You got you got uh, my guy Peter Dewey, who's a Knicks fan, who's in deep emotional pain. Although, actually, so we can get to our last things. I was going to talk about lawnmowers being the, the, the best medicine for leaves. Since we already did that, uh, got to go with the Knicks. Two and one, two and one. Now, granted, they've beaten Detroit and Orlando, who are barely basketball teams. Okay, 
Uh, Julius Randle playing like Julius Randle from a couple of years ago and not sulking Julius Randle. And Jalen Brunson, never been so happy to be so wrong in my life. Like, guys completely transform the way they play basketball. So it's been fun to watch. He literally might be the best point guard they've had my entire life. Uh, if he's not, it's Derek Harper. And I was six. So that, that, that's where we're at. Okay. That's John Storks, come on. You know, I see Lucas saying, how about those Devils? I don't know if that's some kind of – you're taking some kind of a shot because they lost last night. They're three and three, though. They're actually entertaining. I got to give them that. Although they, they did get beat last night. Um, but, yeah, the uh, the Knicks, two and one. Like, actually looking like, a, looking like a basketball team. So, maybe there's hope for, I don't know, at least another week. You had John Starks. You had those two – he had two weeks of Jeremy Lin. Those two weeks were magical. If there's that, there's that HBO doc right now on Jeremy Lin. You could not pay me to watch that. Like I might be the only Knicks fans in the world, Nick fan in the world, who absolutely has no feeling at all about Jeremy Lin. Like there are Nick fans who just love him, and it's like he was some oasis in the desert. And all I remember that for was like they suck. Like I, even at, at the time, I'm like they stink. This guy is a magic act. I'll give him that. I, for a couple of weeks, it was fun. Like he was he was unbelievable. But I never in my life at any point in time was I like man, Jeremy Lin. He is a he's our he's our savior. I, like the Knicks are awful. Now, the one thing I am excited about, I've had this book for a while. I've got to read it. I'm just in the middle of some other things. But uh, you got to learn how to read first. That's right. That's right. Left to right, top to bottom, group of words. It's a sentence. And uh, I'm getting there. Takes a little while to get through the pages. Um, you know what it is, man? I sit down to read, and then I get tired. And then I just, I'm like, I read like eight pages, and it just takes forever. Um I'm not good at sitting down when I'm wide awake and reading like a hundred pages. I can't, my wife reads like crazy. That's why she's smart. That's why she got a medical degree. That's why I'm a dope. Uh, but there's a book called blood in the garden and it's about the Knicks in the nineties. That book, once I start reading it, I will read in like three days because that was easily the best Knicks uh, period, which says something about the fact that, you know, didn't even want a title then. And yet it's like easily my favorite times in Knicks fan. It's not even close. Um, but oh God, I I'm ready to be in deep pain after they after they go on like an eight game losing streak. But for now, two and one and, and entertaining. Mm, I'm a big book guy. I read 42 books last year. I'm on pace. My goal is 44 this year. Big book guy. Yeah, surprising, right? 42. Yeah. I haven't read 42 books in my life. Yeah, nerd. Wow. Big nerd guy over here. Good, no, good uh, for you. Good for you. But, but for me, I went to homecoming last weekend on Saturday. Day trip. My boy drove up. I uh, got to check out the new fraternity that's being built. So I got to get a nice little walkthrough, which is fun. Uh, I was going to go to the game. The plan was to scalp tickets. They don't do scalpers anymore. Everything's online. They don't do paper tickets. So I'm the, the asshole going, who's got two tickets? Hey, yep, two tickets. Who's got two tickets? No, not shit. Everyone's looking like, who's this fucking old guy with a mustache with a dad's week in 2013 polo on? who has no idea that everything's online. So I finally right. get two tickets from a guy. My guy's like, hey, dude, Sterling, I got two tickets. 
There's no service in Columbia because there's too many phones. So I can't download an app to get the tickets. So I go to Shiloh instead, crush some beers, uh, had a great time. You know, I still have it a little bit because in the words of Toby Keith, I ain't as good as I once was, but I'm good once as I ever was. Which, by the way, that makes no fucking sense. Was Toby Keith hammered? About 19 Milwaukee's best in when he wrote that line. Like, you know, and he was like, this is gold. And then it came out, and like, people like you were making him believe it's gold. But in reality, Toby Keith was just – that, that said, I'm a big – I like Toby Keith. He's got a lot of good songs. A lot of good songs. But uh, that, that line is not uh, one of his classics, at least not in yeah, my opinion. But it's one of the most famous lines he has. And it's like, that's the line. That and Red Solo Cup, I lift you up. I see. I actually like some of his earlier stuff before he became a dope. Um, sure. Yeah, you know, the goatee. But, I, I, come on, it's the goatee that gets you. I saw him in concert when I was a kid. I could be wrong. Could be wrong, but I, I think I did. Um, I still can't believe you've read forty-two books in the last year. I mean, not not because like I'm making for you. Just that's a lot of books. Like that's yeah, good for you. I it's like a book I, a week almost. Yeah, I, I'm uh, pacing poor this year. I'm at uh, thirty-two this year. Got to really step it up. No, November's a big I, – when it gets cold outside, get some coffee, grab a nice book. All right. Do you have, like, good recall? Like, if you read that many books, like, do you, like, recall a lot of it? Or do you, like, yeah. find yourself – you see, you do. So, like, if I read that fast, like, I'll get through the book. I'm like, yeah, read this book. And so he's like, oh, yeah, like, what was your favorite part? I'm like, I have no idea. I, I didn't retain any of it. Um. That's one thing with me. I'm bad at that. Like, I'll read a book, and, like, there will be certain nuggets that, like, I'll really remember that, like, I, I will recall it for the next 50 years. But then it's, like, you know, the other 400 pages just completely escape me. Um, I'll tell you what, though. When I, was in, when I was in school as a kid, like, we're talking well, elementary for sure, but then, like, grade school, even, like, middle school. Did you ever read as a kid? Did you ever read those Beverly Cleary books? No? Mm-hmm. Okay. No, so they're famous books. Like they're 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 sure, kids, yeah. they're kids books, not. So she has a whole. I mean, I'm I'm guessing she probably wrote 25 books. I had to have read 21, 22 of them as a kid. I just, I just really enjoyed them when I was like eight, nine years old. And there's one of them, and I know if my dad my dad's listening to this, he already knows where this is going. Mouse, mouse and the motorcycle. All right, and it was like this mouse that lived in a hotel that that like, rode around in this little mini motorcycle and. Looking back, it's what a ridiculous concept. But like as a kid, like, it was cool. <laughs> what do you want? Uh, what do you want kids' books to be? Hey, clean your room, you idiot! Right, right. <laughs> Learn how to read, you dope. But no, so so I I would write every year. You know, you got to read a book and write a, a book report. I wrote that book up as a book report every year until I was like fifteen, and finally, <laughs> my teacher was like, "Bertram, Jesus Christ." Read a different book. Like, I I mean, honestly, I wrote that up, I think, till I was a freshman in high school. And every year, like, I had different teachers. And finally, somebody put two into And they were like, Matt, this book is for, like, an eight-year-old. <laughs> like, read an actual book. So then, of course, I went out and I I, 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 uh, I actually had to. Uh, Lucas you know, is- looks like he enjoyed R.L. Stein's Goosebumps series. You know what? I read a few of them. I, I wasn't, like, a huge... Goosebumps guy, but like I did, I did have a few. I did think they were fun, but I didn't read a ton of them. 
I, I just love that that was the most New York sounding thing of all time where what a ridiculous concept of a book if it's a kid's book get outside get some gloves on and get the leaves picked up all right like that that's the most new york thing like get get a bat there's a rat down there in the cellar go bash some rats and go pick it up and put it in the trash trash can hey listen you want a book here's a manual go change the oil Uh, (laughs) you know what i will leave you guys on this because the rat thing made me think of a, a funny story when I was in high school, maybe it was very beginning of college. It was one summer. I was over at my, my buddy's house. And their roof was, you know, it was high. It, was a, it wasn't, it was, a, it was a multi-level house, but it was built very, like, boxy. So the, the roof, there was no, like, like, shorter roof. It was just straight up and then the roof. So you're, you're talking, I don't know, 20 feet. So there's a, I think it was a, it was a bee's nest. I think it was like a wasp nest, if memory serves. And his mother was like, listen, I don't want to pay to get an exterminator out here. I'm going to need you guys to go up there and take care of this problem. Now, we're both idiots, right? So I'm looking at this. I'm like, what? And I'm, t- I'm not allergic, but I, I, like most people, I don't feel like getting stung by a bee. I've been stung many times in my life. Like, I really would prefer not to do this. And she, you want to talk about New York. This woman is, yeah, I mean, she's from the Bronx. She was an EMT. She is no joke. If I, In fact, if I had to pick one person in my life who you said to me, Matt, you got, you're in an alley. You got to have one person who you want. Her. Her. Not even hesitating. Her. Like, she, she not to tell tales out of school, when she was younger, some guy tried to get fresh with her on a date, and she broke his nose and busted him up to the point she actually had to be brought into the precinct. Like, her. No doubt in my mind. Right? Toughest person I've ever been around. But she didn't want to get stung by the bees. So she's like, used to get up there and figure it out. Like, okay. So we were like trying, we're Googling, like, what, you know, what should we do? Because we're thinking, like, we knocked this nest down. They're all still going to be alive. Like, what? So we read that WD 40 takes care of bees. Get a couple cans of WD 40, come back to the house, get a couple of extension ladders, go up there. They were both hockey players. We grabbed hockey helmets with the cage. We're like, that at least keep us somewhat protected. And we grabbed hockey sticks. So we go up there, and one of us, I think it was, I think it was him, sprays all the WD-40 at the nest, and then I knock the nest down with the hockey stick. Well, he sprays the WD-40. I hit the nest. The nest is better connected to the roof than you'd think it would be. The nest sways but does not fall. The WD-40 is in the vicinity of the bees but does not get to the bees. Mass panic ensues. Right? <laughs> We're 20 feet up on these ladders and getting swarmed. Like There's nowhere to go, but just, you have to just get down as fast as you can. So we're, somehow, nobody got stung. I have no idea how it happened. We got down the ladders. And she ends up sending his two other brothers to go up there to do the job. And she's so embarrassed. She's like, neither one of you gets dinner tonight. You sit outside. And so we had to go to like TGI Friday smelling like WD-40 to get dinner because she was too ashamed of us. Um, it was one of the great failures of my life. But, yes, uh, that is a New York thing, I guess, throwing through. Get up there with a hockey stick and get it done. Okay. Whatever you need. Uh, that's how it goes. That's how it Dude, goes. it's just 
whenever you get going on your New York rants and accents, I'm just, I'm enthralled. That's the best book I could possibly read. You should do audiobooks. Hey, Copernicus, get up there on the ladder. And then, like, saying it, get fresh with? No one says get fresh with since 1987. It might have happened in 1987. But I, I remember hearing that. Like, when she told me that story, or I, I can't, maybe it wasn't her, maybe it was one of her kids. I was like, what? She said, yeah, had to be done. I'm like, <laughs> you beat him up so bad. Like, you actually got to, she's like, oh, yeah, no, he needed to learn a lesson. Like, <laughs> Yeah, he probably did have to learn a lesson, but holy crap. Like, no, I'm telling you, seriously, man. Nobody, nobody, no guy, no, no, like all the, like she, the toughest human being I have ever met in my life. She's like a second mother to me. I love her to death. She there were people that lived across the street from them for a time when we were kids. That and I say kids, like high school kids. That the the guy who lived across the street was a real scum of the earth type of human being for a variety of reasons. And there was one day he was out there yelling at a couple of kids. and you know, She went out there and she said things to this guy. That I, I really like genuinely, I was like, oh, my God, like this this is the kind of guy like you worry like he actually is going to come over there and like Sir. that guy shut up and walked right back in his house. I, I'm i telling you, Stone, I swear to God, had he have come over, she would have busted him up something fierce, man. Like I, and She's not even a big woman. It's like just Ronda Rousey. <laughs> like. I'll tell you, Ronda wants no part of her. I, I mean, no part. I, 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 I we were in the driveway playing hockey when it all happened, and she just walked halfway across the street. And I won't repeat exactly what she said, but she had a, a many a choice word, and he was just like, "Okay," and just walked right back in his house. And she didn't say a word. Walked right back in the house, and that was that was it. And it was one of the more impressive things I've ever seen. The Dan Campbell of moms. Yes, but much more successful. <laughs> I mean, absolutely, just sheer terror. I, I've never been more intimidated by someone in my life. In any event, I digress. But uh, all right. That's all we got. We've been here for an hour and 10. Uh, hopefully people enjoyed the show. I obviously did. I certainly, of course, I, I hope did. Uh, thank you for everybody in the chat. This is great. Appreciate all the, uh, the back and forth. You guys are awesome as always. Um, hey, we got a decent Thursday night game. We got the Bucks Ravens. We can settle in and watch that. And, and, and either the Bucks go to three and five, or the Ravens are five hundred. Yeah, no, I, I'm excited because most Thursday night football games have been just, just brutal. Honestly, they, they've been Real brutal bad. for some reason. The Broncos need to be on every single primetime game. So finally, no Broncos. Finally, we have some storylines. I, for one, believe in the Ravens getting it right going forward. This is a good step against at least a good defense. I'm definitely excited for Thursday night. I know I'll have a, a, a couple cold ones, at least, just, just to enjoy myself. Just to enjoy well, myself. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be an interesting game. You're going you're gonna to definitely see. I mean, look, if the Bucks lose, <laughs> the panic is going to be palpable. I mean, real. It really is. And if the Ravens lose, you're four and four. I mean, you're not you're not feeling great about that half of the season. So, no, no. This was the Stack in the Box podcast with Matt Verderam. I am Sterling Holmes. Until Tuesday, we are out of here. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo Fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.